This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid, and welcome, everyone, to Messianic Vision. Our guest today is with us for the very first time, so I want you to sit back and get ready for some revelation that I promise is going to be life-changing for so many of you. She's going to reveal some strategies for engaging heaven with the expectation of answers to your prayers. Isn't that what we all want? We want answers to our prayers. So please welcome Dr. Venner J. Austin. Hi, Venner. Hi. It's so nice to have you. And Venner, I have to say this. You have a wonderful, interesting, and a little bit crazy testimony of how you got saved. Yes. I was living uh, with some friends of mine. I was 17, and uh, we were all in the house together, and we were planning an event for uh, that evening. And about five or six in the evening, the phone rang. Well, there were probably 10 people or so in the room, but no one went to, no one moved to answer the phone. And so I picked it up, and there was a guy, it was a man on the other end, and he was looking for a friend of his named Frank. Married speaker Frank, and I said, well, Frank doesn't live here. And I hung the phone up. Well, within moments, the phone rang again, and I looked around. No one made any attempt to answer the phone, so I picked it up again. And it was the same man, and that's what I told you. <laughs> does not live here. And I hung the phone up. Still nobody else was, was answering the phone at all. No one was moving. It, to me, appeared as though they didn't even hear the phone because no one looked. They did not acknowledge that the phone was ringing. The third time when the phone rang, the, the gentleman on the other end had made a resolve, and he said to the Lord, whoever answers this phone, I am going to talk to them about the kingdom of God. I am going to share the message of the gospel with them. It doesn't matter who answers, they're <laughs> going to get evangelized today. And wouldn't God have it that I was the person that answered the phone the third time? And so I, I, I said again, I, I told you, he doesn't live here. And he said, well, let me talk to you. And when he began to share the message of the gospel with me, I absolutely felt like I had been in a dark room. And all of a sudden, illumination and revelation came into that room. I prayed and received Jesus right on the phone. My life was transformed in that very moment. Wow, that is quite a story. I had to just almost laugh at just uh, when I was reading it. I said, that is so amazing. Well, I know that right after that, you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you also had quite an encounter with God after that. I did. I didn't, at the time that I came to the Lord, we didn't have words like prophetic, like deliverance. We didn't know any of that. I just knew that I was starting to have encounters that I didn't have descriptors for. Yes. And I was in my room one night, and I could hear behind me a sound like 
stars twinkling. That's the only way I can describe it. And I turned and I looked over my shoulder, and there was this beautiful golden globe that was at the top of the door, and it was just turning. It was illuminated. It was filled with, with beautiful light, beautiful colors, but the dominant color was gold. And I was I was just sitting there, and I, I sat up in my, because I was in bed, I sat up in the bed, and I looked and I said, I have never experienced anything like this. What is this? I didn't know what to do with it, so I just sort of kept it secret. Something that I had encountered with the Lord that I just said, I'm going to keep this. And it happens to people sometimes. We begin to encounter things with the Lord that we don't have descriptors for. We know that God is somehow invading our lives in a different way, but we don't always know how to process that information. Yes. And thank God that he just he doesn't just leave us in the dark. <laughs> right. I know. Well, I know you began increasing in understanding and, and of, of supernatural encounters and the supernatural, and you even said that now that you knew that they are a normal manifestation of the Holy Spirit, but you actually had a visitation from God, you told us. I did. I was, I had, my husband and I had gone to conference, and um, it, there was a weighty glory in this conference. I was in an unusual place. I was in the old, someplace in the Ozarks, and uh, I had, we had gone up for a leadership meeting, and we had engaged that morning, and we came home for the lunch break, and I sort of just laid across the bed, and my husband went into the bathroom. Well, right in that moment, there was like a, a like a, a curtain that just came down in front of me. And all of a sudden, I could see myself. And it was interesting to me because I was looking over my own shoulder at myself. Mm -hmm. And God began to speak. And he, when he said my name, I literally shook. I, physic I didn't know that physically I, was, I had shook on my bed. It was the voice of God that thunders. And God began to say to me, I have called you to be a voice for me. Prepare yourself. Prepare your heart to be a voice for me. And he repeated that three times. What well, in the process, I could physically hear my husband coming back into the room, but I could not respond to him. And he gently sat down on the edge of the bed, and I could hear him calling me, but I was so engaged in this place that God had taken me that I couldn't respond. And as soon as God was, was finished speaking to me, it was like the curtains closed. It became dark, and I could feel the release of God. And I immediately sat up on the, on the edge of the bed, and I started weeping because I could tell it felt as though I had been in the throne room of God. There was such a tangible presence of the Lord that was in the room that it was minutes before I could regain my composure to begin to explain to him what had just happened to me. But that is how God began to call me as an apostolic prophetic voice to the nations of the earth. Yes. Wow. Well, you know, I know you mentioned a prophetic voice, and I know you have a prophetic gifting. I wanted to talk about a couple of those before we go any further. You told us about an event that happened where you declared, cry, baby, cry. Yes. 
I was driving to a church services a little bit of time ago, and uh, my phone rang, and it was a friend of mine, and her daughter had been just struggling to uh, conceive and bring her babies uh, into the earth full term. And she had had at least three tragic encounters with losing uh, her babies, either in the early trimester or even in, like, the second trimester. And so she was uh, in her fourth attempt uh, to have a child, she and her husband, and uh, she was right within four or five days of delivery. And my friend called me, and she said, will you pray? She said, my daughter got up this morning, and she could not feel the baby's heartbeat, and she did not feel the baby moving. And uh, her mom had instructed her, quickly get to the emergency room. And I told her, I said, don't worry, we're going to pray. Well, when I arrived at the service, I waited a few minutes because some, some other things were going on. And when I, I walked up into the pulpit, I said, we're going to pray. And I explained to the audience, I said, this is her fourth attempt to bring forth a child into the earth realm. I said, but God is going to move. We began to pray, and I began to command spirits of death, spirits of early delivery, spirits of premature death and destruction, every assignment that would come against this child coming into the earth realm. And all of a sudden, I heard the Lord say, tell the baby to cry. And I stopped for a moment, and I listened again, and God said it again. He said, tell the baby to cry. And I began to declare, cry, baby, cry. And as we just pressed in and just kept declaring, cry, baby, cry, there was a peace that began to flood me, and I knew that God had responded. I ended the prayer. I delivered the sermon. I walked back to my phone, and the, and the grandmother was, was texting me to say they found a heartbeat. The baby was moving, and they were preparing to deliver the baby. Well, two hours later, I get another text and a beautiful picture of this baby <laughs> that was born at seven pounds, two ounces. And she said, when the baby was delivered, the baby cried for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Benner, that makes me have cold chills when you tell that story. Seriously, the oh, life, life. Oh my goodness! And then it, let, let's do one more. Um, something completely different. God gave you a prophecy about Jamaica. He did. I have been going in and out of Jamaica for maybe three years. It was supernatural the way that God connected me into Jamaica, and there has been a burden for this nation that has just resonated with me. And every January, we I go in, and it's a time of conference, and we just speak over the nation. And in between the times of travel there, I pray for this nation. Well, I was there in January of 2018. And uh, I got up to speak, and all of a sudden, this prophetic anointing rises on me, and I begin to declare and begin to speak to the spirit of poverty over the nation. And I said this. I said, there is going to be uh, oil will be discovered on this island. I said, I see oil. I see precious stones and jewels being discovered on this island. And then I began to rebuke the spirit of piracy, that which comes to steal the wealth hmm. of a nation and plunder the wealth of a nation. And I declared that and just pressed in. Well, two months later, that was in January of 18, I received uh, an uh, email at the end of February, early March 
of 18, and in the newspaper, they were describing oil that had been discovered in Jamaica. <laughs> yes. Only God could reveal that. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk about your new book, and we have been reading it here at Sidroth Ministries, and oh my goodness, we we love it. We love the message. We love uh, the revelation in it. It's called Next Level Spiritual Warfare. What does that mean? Talk to us about the meaning behind that title. What that means to me is that Next Level Spiritual Warfare is a place of prayer engagement above and beyond our devotional prayer, our petition prayer, our worship prayer. It is a place of engagement in the supernatural where we begin to deal with principalities and powers that are blocking the promises of God from being manifested in our lives, in our families, in our ministries, and even in regions and nations. It is that supernatural place of engagement that we rise up and we literally begin to partner with heaven in such a way that we begin to see a breaking forth of God's God's kingdom, a breaking forth and a release of all of the promises that God has said to us belong to us. So it's a different level than, say, devotional prayer. It is. Yes. It's more intense. It's very focused. It's spiritual warfare. And we are called to be a people of spiritual warfare. That's why he gave us armor. Yeah, I like the term that you used. It's a dimension of prayer that sometimes it's referred to as warfare prayer. Yes, it is. It is. We are warring against a real enemy that is intent on keeping us from experiencing all that God has purposed for us. See, Jesus came and he finished his assignment in the earth, didn't he? He came and shed his blood, and on the third day he was risen. He spoiled principalities and rulers, but he left us here to enforce those victories in the earth. And one of the ways that we do that is through warfare prayer. Yes, and I'm like you. When you know, when I was younger as a child, I was taught that you know God responds to our prayers in three ways: yes, no, or not yet. But this is something different. This is it. When I was a young believer in the church, I always noticed that uh, when we finished prayers, we always said, "Well, if it be the will of God." And uh, over time, that started to bother me. Can't we know the will of God? Can't we know what the promises of God are for us and begin to press in in such a way that we begin to see all that God has purposed manifest for us? And then by the time I was in ministry, and there was a point in time in my life that I was dealing with uh, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment in ministry, and I just said to the Lord, this isn't, this isn't your will. There's something that I don't understand. There's a place of engagement that I, I need to shift into so that I can begin to experience everything that God has for me. I talk to pastors and leaders, and sometimes they're walking through the same things. And perhaps people in the listening audience, maybe you've gone through some of the same things that you've prayed and you've engaged and you've believed and you've waited, but you've not yet seen the full manifestation of everything that God has for you. Uh, this book is about arming you with some tools that can help you 
to rise above every assignment that the enemy has plotted and planned for you uh, to see a full breaking forth and a release of what God has for you, that place of warfare, prayer, engagement, this book is really focused on giving you the tools you need. Yes. So if you're in the middle of a spiritual battle, that's not the time to give up. That's the time to actually get into warfare prayer. It is. We don't always know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we interpret that as a no. Ah. Because I was raised with the same philosophy that God answers yes, no, and not yet. So whenever I was not seeing a full manifestation of everything God has said, I said, oh, God has either said no or he said not yet. Well, that made sense at some level in my early Christian years. But then as I was standing as a leader and I was uh, seeing visions and God was speaking to me about things that he had purposed for me to do, and I was not seeing, I was not experiencing success or victory, I began to question that. Mm. And I'll tell you a story that really broke that open for me. Some years ago, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to do a women's conference. I had never, I had never planned a, a conference. I've never, I had never done anything like that, but I know, the, I knew the voice of God when I heard it. And I began to plan this conference. I prayerfully I put together a prayer team, and we were praying, and we were pressing in, and we, we secured the venue. We invited the guests, and we were praying, and we were watching registration. Well, one night I went to bed, and I had a dream. And in the dream, I was in an airplane. And as we began to ascend, I looked in the dream, and I noticed that the communication lines started to grow. And when I looked at the poles and the lines growing, I said, oh, we're going to have to ascend. If we don't, we're going to become entangled in those uh, the, the lines. Well, as we ascended, the poles and the lines kept growing. They kept they ascended too, and we somehow became entangled in the lines. Well, when I woke up from the dream, I wasn't quite sure what God was saying, but I knew something was going on because I didn't know a lot about dream interpretation at that time either. But I knew enough to know something is going on. I looked in the natural to see what was I seeing in terms of registration, and literally what happened was registration came to a dead halt. God was telling me then, it was God was saying that we had to increase and, and, and rise to this place of warfare prayer engagement so that we could overturn the assignment of the enemy that has said, I'm not going to let you break out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to hinder you and limit you. And I see this with leaders over and over and over and over that we have vision. We have a word from the Lord and we are moving with that. But success or victory is not always the end result. Yes. Sometimes what's missing is warfare, a deeper level of warfare prayer. Yes. I was so encouraged that you teach people that if you learn and understand next level spiritual warfare, that you no longer have to settle for unanswered prayers. 
Oh, my gosh. I thought that was incredible. But everybody, you're listening to Dr. Venner J. Austin, and we're making available to you her brand-new book and exclusive audio teaching series, Next Level Spiritual Warfare, Advanced Strategies for Defeating the Enemy. Now, if you're tired of unanswered prayers, and I know a lot of us are, then this is a powerful and practical teaching just for you. And Venner, talk to us about retribution and what that means. What retribution literally means is it's it's payback. Uh, we focus a lot, I think, as believers on restoration. But restoration, if, if we use it in a very narrow scope, if we look at it in a very narrow scope, restoration is simply what was lost coming back to us. Retribution is the fullest form of restoration. And restoration is not complete until we have experienced retribution. And what that is, is that we receive recompense above and beyond what was taken from us. Yes. If we study the wars of David, and I'm so reminded of the story about David when he comes home with his army and, and he comes to Ziklag and his wives and his children, everything gone, the town has been burned, and David gets the word from the Lord. The Lord says, go up, pursue, overtake them, and recover everything. Well, David, he pursues, he overtakes, and he recovers. He did not he did not pick through the spoils and say, oh, this is ours, and that's not ours. Well, no, this belonged to them. We're just going to take back our stuff and leave the rest of it here. David took everything. And so when we recognize that the enemy is operating in our lives as a thief, the Bible says that when we catch him, if you catch the thief, he has to repay you up to sevenfold what was taken from you. Yes. So retribution is supernatural payback for a loss in your life or in your ministry. Yes. And and I think some of us just don't really understand or we're not aware that this is the thief working in our lives. And and it's just that, that knowing, okay, how do we pray? What do we do uh, so that we don't just remain ignorant of this? You know, I love this passage in Scripture from John 10 and 10. The Bible says that the kingdom uh, suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And he says, he says to us, the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have the abundant life. So what that suggests to me, and that word there is the word zoe, which is fullness of life. It means the completeness of life. So God's purpose is that I would have joy, that I would have health, I would have peace, I would have strength, that I would have what I need in the earth to fulfill the assignment and the mandate of God for my life. And when I am not experiencing that, then I I must spend time in the presence of the Lord to determine what is operating in my life or operating around me or my ministry that is limiting me from coming into all that God has. Yes. Now, uh, the Bible also speaks to us, and Paul says this to the church. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the way the enemy operates. Right. That place of ignorance just means a place of darkness. It's a place where we don't have an understanding of the tactics of the enemy. 
But I believe this, that the more time we spend in the Word of God, the more time we spend in prayer and worship, we begin to recognize what is authentic and and what is of the kingdom, and we will recognize what is not of the kingdom, and that place of ignorance uh, begins to uh, diminish. Uh, Another way I want to say that to you is this. I really believe this. This is my conviction, and I believe that part of my, my mandate is to deal with this. I believe that the level of ignorance in the body of Christ is too high. What does that mean? We don't. I think sometimes we don't recognize how uh, how to operate in the spirit realm. We don't always recognize certain truths of God, and because of that, then the enemy seeks to gain an advantage over us. Yes. The Bible says that revelation is our portion. The Bible tells us that understanding is our portion. And as we begin to pursue uh, that place of revelation where there's illumination, there's understanding, then the enemy is not able to operate against us in the way that he had in previous seasons. And that really is another reason that I wrote this book, mm-hmm. was my attempt to partner uh, with the Lord in such a way that I was bringing forth something into the earth realm that could help to empower believers to take their rightful place and stand in the authority that God has given us and enforce the victories of Christ in the earth, where we begin to see everything that he has promised us come into manifestation. So sometimes when we're not getting answers, it's not that we haven't prayed in God's will or it's not a yes or no. It's because what you call interfering forces, delays that are happening. That is absolutely true. I, the way that I look at it, I look at it twofold. There is waiting and there is delay. Yes. The distinction that I make between the two, waiting is a process of time that God uses because sometimes he's building something into us. There's capacity that God is building in us. Sometimes there are other people that are connected to the manifestation of that promise, and God is dealing with those individuals. And uh, I teach people that when you are waiting and believing God for the manifestation of a prophetic promise in your life, pray for the individuals that are connected to that yes. Pray for them, even though you may not know them. Pray that they will hear the voice of God and that they will obey God. So in that waiting season, there are factors that God is uh, bringing into its fullness, into their fullness, so that we begin to experience the yes of God. There comes an end to that moment of waiting, and that's when we step into manifestation. At the end of waiting, when there is not manifestation— Literally what just happened is there is a spirit of delay. So now we're in the season where uh, we should be experiencing this promise. We should be experiencing a manifestation, but we are not. And I learned from Daniel because in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, the Bible says that Daniel uh, recognized that he had come into a moment in time, Israel had come into a moment of time that something was to manifest for them. One season had ended and another season was to begin. And when you study Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel chapter 10, we see Daniel moving in this place of identificational repentance, 
on the behalf of the nation, and he begins to fast and pray and seek the face of God. When the angel arrives, he says to Daniel, don't be afraid, Daniel. From the first day that you prayed, your prayer was heard. And he says, but I was hindered in the second heaven. And he said, this hindering force, Michael had to come and war with me so that we could break through. And I'm here now, Daniel, and I have come because of your words. And so right in that place, I think, is where sometimes because we don't have that understanding, we get discouraged and we think that the answer was no. And literally what you're dealing with is delay. Yes. There are hindering forces that have mobilized to bring you to that place of delay. It's the edge of miracles. It's that place where you're almost there. Everything was forming. You know, you could see it. It was coming into manifestation. And all of a sudden, just as quickly as it began, it, it dissipates. And, and you're looking and you say, what just happened here? You know, you interview five times for a job and you just know that you're going to get this job. And all of a sudden, no, somebody else got the job. Or you've been waiting and you've been praying, you've been waiting and you've been praying and you still don't see the manifestation. Sometimes that's the spirit of delay. And the other way I'll say this is when, when you receive a prophetic word, a prophetic word from God is not a suggestion. <laughs> God telling you what he intends to do. Yes. To receive a prophetic word, I begin to pray over that word. I begin to let the Lord show me how to align myself in such a way that I begin to see the manifestation of that word. And when that word does not manifest, I must go back to God because he says, I, I watch over my word to perform it. If I said it, I'm going to bring it to pass. So if I don't see it, then I must be in a spirit of delay, and I must then begin to gain heaven strategies so that I see a breakthrough in this place of delay. Yes. Venner, I really would love it if you would just pray. I mean, <laughs> I just feel like we need to pray right now. There's a lot of folks listening that, that I'm sure relate to what you're saying. Father, I thank you for every listener, everyone that has taken the time to just sit and engage in this program today. I speak to every assignment that you have given them. God, I speak life over every assignment that you have given them. And I decree that every prophetic word over them, they have not missed their time and they have not missed their season. There is someone that you're sitting, you are listening uh, at this program and you have felt over the last several months, you started feeling like you missed your season. You, you, there was a strategy that God gave you that you, did, you didn't feel like you fully implemented that strategy and you felt like because you didn't that you missed the season and this moment in time. I just hear the Lord saying, that he's bringing this back to you again. You did not miss your moment. I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to use all of it to bring you into the fullness of what I called you to do. And so, Father, I thank you for those that are engaging. I pray for leaders that have become discouraged and disillusioned, and, and they felt like that's what you called them to do, would never come into manifestation. I speak 
over them now. And I pray and I decree that every assignment of the enemy that has come to restrict them, that has come to limit them, that has come to keep them in that place where they are not being fulfilled in their call and in their assignment, I command that thing to break now. And I decree even now that there's new expectation, there is new hope that is coming into you right now, and you will rise again, and you will move forward in the assignment and the mandate that Jesus has given you. I decree and declare that over you in Jesus' name. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, my goodness. Oh, Venner, I, I read about a dream that you had. And for those folks that are out there and they're listening and they're going, yeah, but you don't know how hard it is. You know, I feel like the enemy is attacking me and I can't get through and I can't do this and I can't do that. You had a dream about demonic carpenters. What does that mean? I had a dream and in this dream I was running and the enemy was chasing me and I was just trying to maneuver at every place that I would uh find that was a place of refuge. Over time, the enemy recognized that I was there. And in the dream, it was a little dark and it was a little foreboding. So I was recognizing that the Lord was speaking to me about spiritual warfare. And I could just tell that by the landscape of the dream. Well, at some point, I was in a hidden place, and uh, I just I came out, and as I was walking across the threshold, I, I exited from a house, I was walking across the threshold, and all of a sudden, I heard the words, safe passage. And I stopped. Every, every force in the dream stopped. It was like we were all frozen. We stopped, and God said it again, safe passage. I have granted to you passage in that moment the landscape of the dream shifted and I could see the dawning of a new day light began to come I walked across that threshold past every enemy and I could tell no matter how much they wanted to move against me because God himself had spoken and said say passage there was nothing they could do I was untouchable <laughs> that is that is so powerful. Talk to us a little bit about the finishing anointing. The finishing anointing is this. Every assignment that God gives you, there is a beginning point and there is an end to that assignment. But what the enemy wants to do is not only stop our progress, he wants to prevent us from finishing. Paul said at the end of his life, he talks about the time of his departure was at hand. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept a faith. I have finished the course. And we all have a course. We all have, there's a plan and a purpose for our life. And God's purpose is that we would finish, that we would finish well, and we would finish strong, that we fight a good fight. And in this place that we begin to see that same anointing that rested upon the Apostle Paul to finish well, to finish strong, to fight the good fight, we literally walk in that, uh, that, that anointing. And right here, I know we're going to break, but right here, I just want to pray. I feel this in the Spirit. There are some of you that I, I hear this word, fainting. You feel like you're going to faint. You feel like you, your hands feel weak. Your feet feel like you can't make another you can't make another step. You feel like there's so much that has come against you. You don't know how you're going to begin to move forward. But I speak 
Isaiah 60 over you right now. And I declare that you rise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is rising upon you in a new way. I come against every assignment of discouragement and vexation and frustration. I decree now that those assignments fall to the ground unfulfilled. I speak life over you. I speak encouragement over you. And I declare that you will live and not die. And you will declare the word of the Lord. And you will finish your course. And you will finish well. I decree that over you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, yes. Amen. You can get this brand new and exclusive resource by Dr. Venner J. Austin today. It's her brand new book, and exclusive audio teaching series called Next Level Spiritual Warfare, Advanced Strategies for Defeating the Enemy. And, you know, I believe that this is one of those must-have resources for yourself, for your family, your small group, or sometimes, you know, even your church library would benefit from having a teaching like this. So don't miss it. And Venner, talk to us a little bit about something that you called uh, a weapon of the enemy. One of the weapons of the enemy is distraction. Distraction is designed to take our eyes off of the main thing. Uh, It's sometimes the busyness that can happen around us that can overwhelm us. And we all have these moments in time. If you are a mother and you have small children, you have a lot of responsibility uh, during the day. And uh, you can find yourself being overly busy. Uh, Perhaps you're running uh, your own business. You have a business and you have employees. It's easy for uh, that space of busyness to overtake you. And it's easy, especially if there is some sort of crisis that's happening around you, it's easy for us to get pulled into a place of distraction, which actually uh, uh, impedes our our focus. And so no matter what what is happening around us, uh, we must develop the capacity to keep the main thing, the main thing, keep the first thing, the first thing, and to keep our eyes. What that literally means is keeping your eyes on God's assignment, God's plan, and not de- deviating to the left or uh, to the right. This is what spirits of distraction come to do, is to take your eyes away from what God really wants you to focus on in that season. Yes, yes. And I I know this is very important to you. It's also important to God because he actually gave you a prophetic word about breaking these cycles and, and keeping our focus. He did. I heard a word from the Lord one day. I was just meditating before the Lord. And in the spirit, I could see like a revolving door. And the door was just turning, just turning and turning. And I heard the Lord say, I am breaking the assignment of this cycle of movement without manifestation. Mm. He said, this is the season. And, And what the Lord literally said is, he said, my church keeps moving. He said, but they're only going in circles. He said, but now my church, I'm, I'm shifting the season and I'm shifting the movement of the church and they will, won't just move without manifestation, but I'm bringing my church into a season where they will begin to experience rapid responses to their prayers. Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we it, because when we don't get answers over time, we get discouraged, don't we? Yes. We don't want to keep doing something that we don't see the benefit or we don't see the fruit of it. And so that's one of the weapons that the enemy uses is to bring us into this place, to distract us, to overwhelm us, to frustrate us, to vex us. But we don't see the responses. But God said, I'm, I'm shifting the season and the movement of the church, and we won't just have movement without manifestation. We are in a season where we will begin to see rapid responses. I heard the Lord say, he said, I am going to bring forth so many answers to prayers and miracles in the lives of my people that it will literally be the Amos 9, 11 through 13 season, where there's one miracle, one blessing fast on the heels of another. God will be doing so much. He said, I'll bring forth so many blessings and so many miracles. He said, it will make your head swim. <laughs> I believe I'm ready for that. How about you? I am. I am. I am. We've all been in that place where we've waited, you know, particularly as it relates to miracles and signs and wonders. And I'm saying to the Lord, when are we going to see miracles? When are we going to see signs and wonders? When are we going to begin to see that full breaker where it's just not just the trickling of miracles, not just the trickling of breakthrough, but the full, the full force of breakthrough being released like a mighty stream in our ministries and in our families and in our cities. We are all ready for that now, and I believe that we are just entering that season. Yes, boy, me too. Talk to us a little bit about the power of faith. Where does that fit into this teaching? The Bible says in Hebrews that without faith it is impossible to please him, that as we come to him that we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. Faith is a weapon. Faith is a weapon that we stand no matter what we see. We stand because we have a promise of God. Earlier I said every prophetic word is a promise, it's mm -hmm. a suggestion. And once you know prophetically that God has spoken to you, you have that promise. You stand in faith, understanding that part of the nature and the character of God is that he is incapable of lying. God watches over his word to perform it. One of the names of God is Adonai, and I was praying this word, this name of God, this morning, and Adonai means that God is the master and majestic Lord. He is our total authority, and as we submit to him as our Lord, as we submit to him as the ultimate authority, we begin to see the manifestation of every promise. It is from that place of authority that we push back the powers of darkness and we engage them in such a way that says, you're not going to hold on to my family. You are not going to hold on to my ministry. You are not going to hold on to my city or my nation. I have a promise from God and my, and he's not, he, he does not lie. He watches over his word to perform it and every power of darkness must break. And we believe that it is, it is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the is one of the uh, most significant keys that we must operate in as the body of believers. Yes, yes. Well, I just want to say a quick word to everybody listening. What you're listening to right now with Venner is exactly what you're going to find in this book. I felt so encouraged and empowered by reading it. And I love the one section that you talked about, how you tell us that we are armed and dangerous, that we have weapons 
that are available to us. And I know we don't have time to go into a lot of them, but, but give us just a few of them. One of the weapons that we have, like we just spoke of, we talked about faith. Yes. Faith is a weapon. Our praise is a weapon. Our joy is a weapon. And there is another weapon that I really want the listeners to really engage with. Ezekiel chapter 4 talks about uh, a battering ram, cast them out, lay siege. When we began to use our words, our words and the prophetic decree of the Lord becomes a battering ram in the spirit. Job says, you will decree a thing and it will be established. When we are in a place of significant warfare, one of the tendencies is to become silent. It is in the moment that your warfare is most intense that you must begin to rise and use your prophetic promise as a battering ram against the powers of darkness. So faith, the power of the prophetic word, the, uh, those declarations and those decrees, your joy, these are all significant weapons that we use against the enemy. We learn how to partner with heaven. We learn how to align with heaven and the angelic host of heaven so that we're moving in sync with God, with the angel armies, and we're overturning every power of darkness. Like I see like a steamroller in the spirit. We become like a steamroller in the spirit, rolling over every assignment of hell that would try to withstand us. You know, that's one of my favorite ones that, that you teach about, heaven's armies. That's one of our weapons that we have available to us, heaven's armies or, or angel armies. And for everybody that feels like you're out there on your own, you're just fighting these battles on your own, you let us know that that is very far from the truth. Absolutely. The very first time I encountered um, an angel, I was in a worship service, and the Spirit of God was just there in such a, a such a strong way. And I heard the Lord say to me, turn around and look. And I turned, and I looked at the front of the room. I was midway the building, and I turned, and I looked, and I saw an angel that was like more than nine feet tall. His wingspan was as, as tall as his body. And I looked, and it was almost as though uh, he was three-dimensional because I could see him. He looked like solid mass, but it also looked like I could see right through him. That was one of my very first encounters uh, with seeing angels. I was just in Israel two weeks ago, and in the worship service, I, I usually don't look back. If I'm on the front row, I, I rarely look back to the back of the room. And all of a sudden, the room just felt full. And I said, did a lot of people just come in the room? Did the room just fill up? And I turned and I looked back. And what I noticed is that it wasn't full of people. The room was probably 60 to 75 percent full. But what I knew in the spirit is that there was such a weight of glory that was in the worship that heaven had opened in such a way that the room was just full of angels. When we go to war, we don't war alone, but all of heaven's resources are made available to us so that we can secure the victory that is our portion, that we see the full manifestation of that prophetic promise. We don't war alone, but heaven, we align with heaven. That which is released in heaven is released in the earth. That which is found in heaven is found in the earth. And we begin to move with heaven, securing the victories of the kingdom. 
kingdom as we go. And faith is our principal weapon. Yes, yes. Well, I told the folks earlier that when you read this book, you're going to feel so encouraged and empowered. And I love this, that you tell us, you know, if you're having a struggle or if you're right in the middle of it and you're engaging in this warfare prayer, then change the game. Get specific. Absolutely. One of the things that I do is I'm an encourager, and part of that is I'm a life coach. And I learned a principle. I learned a strategy. We say something like, oh, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to lose weight. Okay, but we don't have specifics. We just say, I'm going to lose weight. Well, we don't answer the question, how are we going to lose weight? How are we going to exercise to make sure we lose the weight? How are we going to do whatever? We don't have enough details. Uh, We don't know how we're moving forward. And in the place of spiritual warfare, there are there are questions and ways that I pray. One of the ways that I pray is this: I say to the Lord, let me hear what I'm not hearing and let me see what I'm not seeing. Give me the strategies that I need to secure the win. And because of that, it causes me to shift in a way that I begin to move and align so that I am, when I target the enemy, I'm going to target him center mass, and I'm going to secure the victory. But if I just keep praying the way that I did in the last season, if I just keep doing everything the way that I did it in the last season, well, my faith and my way of warring in the last season was for the last season. I need the strategies of warfare for the season that I am in now. We see this with David. David is involved in a war against his enemy, and he says to the Lord, how shall I confront my enemy? And the Lord says to him, he said, I want you to circle around back. And when you hear the sound overcoming up over the tops of the trees, that's when I want you to go in and begin to attack your enemy. Well, if you keep studying those passages, what you find is that the second time David is confronting his enemy, the God, God says to him, No, this time I want you to come face on. Yes. So for every place of warfare, there is a strategy, but you've got to know how to change the game. You've got to know how to secure the strategies for that season. You have to know what your weapons of warfare are for that season. Is God going to use worship? Is he going to, is he going to, how is, what is the weapon that you will use in this season? God has spoken to me, and in seasons, he has said, your worship will be the key weapon that you'll use in this season. Okay, well, if my last season was full of declarations and prophetic decrees, yes. I need to know how to shift the game in this season and get into the place using the weapon that God has given me for that moment, for that battle. That is so good. <laughs> Believe it or not, our time is coming to a close. But before we close and say goodbye, I wanted you to talk to us about a new plumb line. You know, I felt like I heard the Lord say that this is the season that I'm coming and I'm going to begin to set a new plumb line among my people. We understand what a plumb line is, and I give a very simple definition, and I just say that it's a weighted cord um, that is used, it, it has lead, it's used in the building to check that the vertical structures are true. Okay, and so we use this in the spirit to understand that symbolically it refers to the divine standard that God uses, come on, against the, when he's building. And so we understand that it, it tests, okay, 
it's a place of, of judgment, not in this ungodly, God's going to kill us and destroy us kind of way. But what it literally symbolizes is the standard by which God builds his people. And the Lord began to say this to me. He said, I am coming and I am setting a new plumb line among my people. In this season where the church has functioned in a place where we have felt disadvantaged, uh, where there's been that almost what I like to call church shaming, that if you are a believer and you take a kingdom standard, there is almost a way that the culture in which many of us live comes to try to uh, sort of water down that word of conviction that's on the inside of us. And the church has gone through seasons that I think at some levels we have struggled in really walking out this identity of being the church, being a people of, of warfare, being a people of prophetic decrees, being a people of victory, being a people that know how to come overcome every assignment of the enemy. And we've tried to sort of blend into a culture that really finds us unacceptable because the prevailing culture is not kingdom. But because of what you and I are called to do, God says, I'm setting a new plumb line. And there's a way that God is revealing and unwrapping his church in this season and in this time that there's a new glory that's rising upon the church. There's a new place of breakthrough that we're coming uh, uh, into. And this is a season and time that God says, I'm restoring what has been lost, what has been taken from my church. I, I absolutely believe this, that the way the church started will be the way the church ends. We started in power, glory, miracles, signs, yes. wonders, and, and that's the way all of this is going to wrap up with power, glory, signs, wonders, miracles, breakthrough. That's, that's the church that's rising in this season and in this time. <laughs> well, that is a good word. <laughs> that is such a good word. Thank you. Well, our time is almost up. Before we leave, Venner, will you pray for those that are listening? I will. I am going to pray for us, and I wanted to just, uh, I want people to declare something with me wherever they are, wherever you hear this. Um, the God that started you wants you to finish well. God has gotten, he said this, I will restore in Joel chapter two, everything that has been lost, everything that has been taken, God will restore. If you press in and you believe God, he will restore what has been lost and what has been taken. So Father, I just release faith over your people. I release courage over your people to go up again against the enemy that has tried to limit them, that has tried to restrict them. I decree now that their eyes are open. They are seeing how the thief has operated all around them, and you are giving them new strategies to arise in victory over their enemy. I break covenants of silence and discouragement and despair, and I say they're rising up in a new way. And I decree over you that you are anointed to finish, and we dismiss every assignment of delay that is attempting to hinder you. We decree that this is a season that you're learning how to align with heaven and that you will see how the angelic host is moving with you to bring you into that place where you will not just finish, but you will finish strong. I declare that over you, that you will fully engage, and you will see every prophetic word that God has spoken over your life. You will see full manifestation in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Well, that's all of our time for today. A huge, huge thank you to our guest, Dr. Venner J. Austin. And as always, thank you for joining us. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you how you can get Next Level Spiritual Warfare. Sid? Are you wondering why you're praying and getting no answers? Or have you flat just given up? You prayed, believed God for so long, still nothing. Could it be that the problem is not your faith, it's your fight? Yes, you do have an adversary. But in this brand new revelatory book, Next Level Spiritual Warfare, Dr. Venner Alston teaches you how to win the war in the heavenlies so that you can experience the manifestation here on earth. You can get Venner's brand new book, Next Level Spiritual Warfare, and her brand new and exclusive four-part audio teaching series, all for an investment of only 39 U.S. dollars. You can't get this package anywhere else, so be sure to order today. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, sidroth.org. Be sure to ask for offer number 9650. That's offer number 9650. 